our Lord and our God, ruler of the universe. We praise your name. And we're thankful, Lord, for your word. We're thankful that we can come before your presence. And we ask, Lord, that you would lift us up right before your throne and that you would draw us close to your heart and to your mind and that you would embrace us with your truth and your word in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Continuing from where we left off last week when we did Jonah part one, and we'll do Jonah part two tonight. There's a little review in chapter one, verse one. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, go to Nineveh and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come before me. Jonah went in the opposite direction. He found a ship going to Tarshish, and he fled from the presence of the Lord. The Lord sent a great wind on the sea. God in his mercy, God in his mercy called Jonah to go. God in his mercy wouldn't let him off the hook. God in his mercy wanted Jonah to fulfill his will. So God sent a wind to get his attention. And after the debating on what to do about him, Jonah says, throw me overboard. The mariners don't want to and they resist. But eventually they throw him overboard. They picked Jonah up and they threw him into the sea. And the Lord... The Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now, hopefully it was, had less teeth than that, uh, than that uh, depiction there. But, uh, and it is possible. The Lord prepared a great fish, swallowed Jonah. I read a story of a, of a guy. He was on a whaling ship. And they were, you know, throwing the spears at the whale. And, and all of a sudden, one of the guys went overboard. And they couldn't find him anywhere. And they looked and they, you know, they continued on the whale and they, as they continued to look and they never found the guy. They eventually killed the whale, dragged him up on ship, cutting him apart. And it took a long time, you know, for the whole whaling thing, you know, and getting him. It wasn't that quick as I just said it, but hours, I think, I forget, it was days even. And uh, they brought the whale up on, I guess they had to drag it, probably had to drag it, I don't know how they did, but I don't remember, I'm sure it told me, but uh, cut it and cutting it up, they found the guy inside the whale, still alive. And his, his, his skin was all bleached white, uh, you know, from the acids inside the, the stomach of the whale, but he did survive. And his skin never went back to normal. His skin was like that the rest of his life. I don't know if it was from fright or from the acids, but, but, uh, but that's how he was. Yeah. So, so again, it is possible, it is, it, you know, so it's feasible. I think more of the miracle is not so much, I mentioned this last week, not so much the, uh, uh, a fish being able to swallow Jonah and Jonah surviving it. The bigger miracle is how a great fish that size got into the Mediterranean Sea. I don't know if there's, you know, these whales, uh, blue whales or whatever inside the Mediterranean. But uh, at that specific time when Jonah got thrown overboard, you know, I mean, the timing, everything had to be just right. And of course, with God, it always is. Nothing is impossible with God. That's right. The only thing there is a giant grouper that could have done it. A giant grouper? Okay. 
All right, something big. It didn't even have to be any fish that we know of, just as a great fish. God could prepare. It says the Lord had prepared a great fish. God could have created a great fish just for that purpose. I mean, again, nothing, nothing is impossible with the Lord, right? And so, but he also often uses means that's already at his disposal, right? So, you know, uh, and God is able to do that, too. He prepared Jonah for fish. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so he had this prepared. God knew ahead of time. God always knows ahead of time. God is preparing. So this fish was probably just waiting under that boat for a long time, you know, waiting for them to get desperate enough to throw him overboard, you know. He's waiting for his catch, you know. God had him there. God sent him there. Told him to track that ship. Keep your eye on that ship. You'll get some a treat here in a minute, right? And so uh, he was there. God prepared him. And again, that was part of God's great love, God's great mercy in protecting and getting Jonah's attention. And he was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Right? So three days, three periods of day, just like Yeshua. That's right, just like Yeshua. It's in the belly of the earth three days and three nights. So God takes this experience, this kind of uh, runaway prophet, and uses it as an example for the Messiah. So now into chapter 2, we pick up. Chapter 2, verse 1, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. So he begins to pray. He's inside there. God has his attention. It doesn't mention him praying when he was on the boat and there was a storm. It doesn't mention him praying when he was on land and God said, go to Nineveh. He didn't pray then. He didn't pray when he was on the ship running away. He didn't pray when he was in the bottom of the boat fast asleep. It doesn't mention him praying. All the other mariners were praying to their gods. They said, you better pray to your God. He said, just throw me overboard. It's hopeless. I'm doomed. Forget it. I'm bad. God is not merciful in his mind at that point. Just throw me overboard. There's no solution for this. But now he's in the belly of the fish, and God has finally gotten his attention. God now has him in the place where he wants him. Not that God wanted him in the belly of the fish, but God has him in the position of prayer. And that's where God wanted him. That's where God wanted him when he was still in land in, in Israel. When he, God gave him the call to go to Nineveh, God wanted him to be praying, Lord, bless this trip. You're sending me to Nineveh. They're going to kill me there. They're going to want to kill me there. So uh, if you're calling me to go, I'm willing to go. And if I die, I die. But I need you to go before me. I needed to, you to do whatever purpose you have for this. He needed God. So God really wanted Jonah to be praying. And now Jonah's finally praying. What will it take to get us to pray? What will it take for us to cry out to the Lord our God? Whatever it takes, it'll happen. <laughs> now whether we finally respond to that or not, whether we finally pray or not, that's up to us. We can go through lots of storms in our lives. We can end up in lots of bellies of fishes if we want. But God will not give up until he knows we're not going to listen no matter what anyway. He didn't give up on Jonah, and he's not giving up on us. And he's not giving up on those that we're praying for. He's not giving up on those that we're ministering to. He's not giving up on to those we know, those we're reaching out to. 
God is not giving up. God hasn't given up on this planet yet. As far as I'm concerned, I think he should have long ago, but God knows better. And God hasn't given up. God is still bringing this earth, trying to bring this earth and its inhabitants to a position of crying out to him, praying to him. In all the different events that he allows to take place, he doesn't always cause all these different events that take place, but he allows them to take place because he's trying to get our attention to draw us to him. And Jonah is praying from the belly of the fish. I don't know if you can get much lower than that. How deep down that fish dove. <laughs> but he's praying to the Lord. And Jonah said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried. And you heard my voice. So he gets into this very detailed description of what he's experiencing. I'm crying out to the Lord. Crying out to the creator of the universe. The God of God. The great I am. I am crying out to him. In my affliction. And because of my affliction it's got my attention, he's saying. Out of the belly of Sheol that's term for grave. As far as he's concerned, he's in the grave. This is it. But unlike when he was on the ship, he hasn't given up. He is crying out. Feels like he's in the grave. Feels like he's as good as dead. And he's saying, I cried out of the belly of the grave. And you heard my voice. If he would have realized that on the ship, he wouldn't have had to get thrown overboard. If he would have realized he could cry out to the Lord instead of from the belly of the grave, he could have cried out from the belly of the ship or from the top of the ship or wherever, and God would have heard him. And so he acknowledges God heard his voice. You cast me into the depth, into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. And so again, if it is a whale, he's coming up for air, he's going up and down, up and down, and the waves and the billows, right? He's feeling it. <laughs> He's experiencing, he thought the, the ship was rocky. You imagine being in a, a, a well. What kind of a ride that would be. <laughs> Into the heart of the seas. I mean, these guys travel far. You know, these, these whales, I mean, they could travel far. Who knows how far that ship, that, that well took him. But down to the heart of the seas, he's feeling it. Surrounded. Feeling trapped in. He is trapped in. Nowhere to go. The wave just covering him. I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. He's feeling cast out by his own choices, 
and running away from the presence of God, but he is claiming assurance, God has heard his voice, and he will look again to God's holy temple. He will look again to where the sacrifices were offered. He will look again to where God's grace is manifested. He will look again to the, to the animals receiving the sins of the people. He would look again to the person being relieved of their guilt and it being placed upon the sacrifice. And the sacrifice being killed and dying and being burned on the altar. And atonement and substitution being made in their behalf. He would look again toward the temple where the, where the, the Levites would wash in the labor of the blood and be cleansed. Where they would go into the holy place and eat of the bread of the presence, illuminated by the menorah. Where the prayers of the saints are sending up before God and over the curtain and into the holy of holies, where God's Shekinah glory is. Where the Ten Commandments are placed. Where God's law written on stone is. He would look again to God's mercy, to God's forgiveness, to God's provision, to God's cleansing stream, to God's light, to God's word, to be brought into God's presence and have God's laws written into his heart and in his mind. In the presence of the heavenly angels, he would look towards the holy temple where he would receive forgiveness for his sins, forgiveness for his rebellion, forgiveness for his resistance, forgiveness for his resisting, running defiance against God. And he would receive the power of God to go forth on the mission God called him to go. The waters surround me even to my soul Maybe so water sassies feeling it inside. To the depths, the deep closed around me, weeds are wrapped around my head. So he's got this, the symbolism of the, of the grave and, and down in the deep and into my soul, but then he also sometimes talks literal. The weeds are just caught in the seaweed or whatever the plankton and digested plants and plankton food and just wrapped in it all. And I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. He felt it was over. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. Down to the very depths. Down to death's door. And yet God brought him up. God brought him to newness of life. Brought up my life from the pit. And redeemed him. And saved him. 
from that experience. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. And that's when it happens. When we surrender. When our soul faints within us, that's when our prayers ascend up before God's throne. When we're still trying to figure things out on our own, well, God's impressing me to do this, but God would not have me to do that. God wouldn't want me to do that. I'm going to go on a cruise. I'm not going to go do that. When we try and reason in our own plans, in our own ways, our own devisings, that might be for other people, but that wouldn't be for me. God certainly wouldn't be asking that of me. Certainly not under my circumstances and condition how it is right now. We try and justify it and reason it out. We try and work it. We try and force it. We try and do the best we can from our own abilities. Whether we're trying to run or trying to obey God. We talked about the King Jeroboam that, that uh, Jonah prophesied to. We talked about him a little bit last week. And how he did some good things and did some good things for the Lord. And yet the final record that's recorded is he did evil in the sight of the Lord, following in the way of the first Jeroboam. For all his good deeds, conquering those cities and winning those battles, and even Jonah prophesying good things for him and about him, meant nothing. If he wasn't surrendered to God. But we can try. We can try and do good. We can try and do good works. We can try in our own strength. We can do a lot of good things. Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? And didn't I help these people? And didn't I pray here? And didn't I help pray for that person and do that? And minister in this way? And didn't you use me to do that? He even said about Jeroboam that the Lord used him to save Israel. But it takes more than just being a puppet for God. It takes more than just some good deeds. It takes full surrender to God's will. And when Jonah got to that point, Jonah prophesied already. Jonah was a prophet, was acknowledged as a prophet, was used by God in speaking to that Jeroboam, the second Jeroboam, king of Israel. But it wasn't until his soul fainted within him wasn't until he gave up, surrendered, stopped trying to do it in our own strength, stopped trying to do it from our own wisdom, stopped thinking we're so smart, stopped thinking we're so good, and surrender, fainting, getting to the point where we acknowledge in me is no good thing. Getting the point of realizing the truth of what the Bible says about us. That there are none good, none righteous, no, not one. That all our righteousness, all our good deeds are like filthy rags. And our good deeds are nothing. That our heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. That we are carnal through and through. When we get to the point of realizing that, and our heart faints within us, 
when we cry out like Kepha, when, when, when Yeshua brought a, a fish, the, fish's nets, the fishing nets were full, Kepha cried out and said, depart from me, for I am a wicked man. We get to the point when our soul faints within us. When we look at it and we see it for what it really is. And we say, God, it's just corrupt. There's nothing you can, that can be done for it other than killing it. And starting over. Nothing that can be done for my mind. Nothing that can be done for my heart. Other than taking it and putting it in the Messiah and letting it be buried away and resurrecting me to newness of life. And when his soul fainted within him, he remembered the Lord. Stop trying to do it in his own strength. He remembered the Lord. There is one. There is a power. There is a strength beyond me. He remembered the Lord and cried out. And his prayer went right up to the heavenly temple, to God's throne room, in the heavenly sanctuary, to the holy of holies, the Kodesh Kodeshim, the total one, the one that, it, that the earthly was a patterned after. The one where our Messiah is ministering right now as our Kohen Gadol. His prayers ascended up all the way into God's throne in heaven. And when we stop relying on our own strength, stop our prayers of saying, God, help me. God's not looking to be a helper. God's not wanting to be a co-pilot. God's not looking to be an assistant. God needs the throne. God needs the wheel. We need to give it over to God. And say, God, use me. God, take me. God, mold me. God, change me. And surrender all. God, I cannot gain victory over this in my own strength. I've tried and tried and tried. I give up. You come in and you give me victory. You do it through me. And the prayers ascend up before God's throne and he sends down as many mighty angels as necessary to bind up all the forces of the enemy. Takes us and places us and buries us. And as Paul says, I die daily. And we are dead and alive unto God. That's when God's able to take control. Because that's when God gets the glory. And that's what he did. And his prayer went up to his holy temple. And those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Verse 9. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. And I will pay what I have vowed. For salvation is of the Lord. So when his soul fainted within him, cries out, his prayer goes to God, realizes everything else is worthless. He commits to sacrificing with thanksgiving, with praise, and following through on what God has called him to do. And he acknowledges that salvation comes from the Lord and only from the Lord. The Lord is our salvation. Yeshua is of the Lord. Our salvation comes from God. Our help comes from God. Our strength comes from God. Our direction 
comes from God. Our purpose comes from God. Our worth comes from God. All that we are is because of Him. In Him we live and have our being. Jonah gets to that point, acknowledges that. It's a total change. When he turned and went in the opposite direction physically, God got his attention, and now God has turned him around and got him facing in the right direction and thinking clearly. When he was running in the wrong direction, throw him overboard and it'll, the sea will be calm. That's not what God was looking for. God wasn't looking for a literally dead Jonah. He was looking for a spiritually dead Jonah. And when he found him, he was able to raise him up. And now Jonah's thinking clearly. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I wonder what God said to the fish. <laughs> Okay, he's baked enough. <laughs> he's finally gotten to the point where I can use him, where I can mold him, where I can change him, transform him. Let him up. Whatever he said. Maybe he said, come forth, whatever. And it says he vomited him onto dry land. So that fish had to get pretty close to, uh, to land. And, you know, maybe catapult him out, you know. I mean, he, he belched him up. He vomited him up. He just kind of opened his tongue and he rolled out. Yeah, he vomited him up. And, you know, vomit comes out. Other stuff must have come out. And seaweed and stuff must have come out too. And digested food. He must have stunk. You know, I mean, vomit stinks, you know. It, this must have been putrid. Here it's a nice picture. He's on the sand, a little tear in his clothes there, you know. But, I mean, it must have been bad. I mean, just... <laughs> have decomposed seaweed all over them and all this other green stuff and uh, you know all that just yuck right please get just that you know there he is you know you ever clean up bomb i mean you see little pieces of stuff <laughs> what is that you know how many days old is that you know i mean he's just out there in the beach with that god got his attention god got his attention and now yeah with sushi right and now god can use him. That's the condition God wants us to be. He's reborn. He's birthed out of the belly of the whale. And now God can use him. Now I want to go back and look at this prayer again. Let's look at it through our eyes. Maybe some of us are going through an experience where we feel like we're in the belly of the whale. Maybe you have been through. But most likely, if we haven't yet, or we aren't now, someday we will. Cried out to the Lord because of his affliction, whatever your affliction is. Maybe it's a physical affliction. Maybe it's a situational circumstances. God will answer us as we cry out to him in our problems, in our struggles, in our difficulties. No matter how deep it is, no matter how dark it is, out of the belly of the grave, you may feel like you're in the grave, you may want to be in the grave. 
God hears our prayer as we cry out to him. He hears our voice. Our very words. Our tone of voice. He hears it. He hears it personally. It's not just some angel bringing him a message. He hears our voice. He hears our heartache. He hears our cries. Sometimes we feel like we're cast into the deep, into the heart of the seas. Sometimes we feel like God's doing it. And we cry out, what did I do to deserve this? Why are you putting me through this? Why are you allowing me to go through this? Why me? Sometimes it's our own fault. We get ourselves in situations. Sometimes it's just that we live on this planet. And we can say, why not me? Sometimes we feel surrounded, floods just surrounding us, seems like no way out. Like wave after wave of depression and of sadness just flows over us. And we get through it and we start feeling a little better again and then it comes back to our mind and it just hits us again. Another wave hits us again. Satan doesn't let us forget, doesn't give up. Whether he's bringing up guilt and bringing up the past. Or maybe it's some sadness that we're going through, maybe from a rejection, or a divorce, or a grieving through death or a loss. Some fear of the future, loss of a job, and it just feels like going through this again and all the feelings of lack of worth feel like God's hearing me in this belly of the heart of the sea I said I've been cast out of your sight sometimes we feel like God can't even see us sometimes we feel like God isn't even looking feel totally cast out. Yet by faith we can say, yet I will look. I choose to look again towards God's sanctuary. Towards God's holy temple. I choose by faith to look at the plan of salvation. To look at God high and lifted up, sitting upon his throne and his train filling the sanctuary. I choose to look up to God. I choose to turn my attention away from the problem, away from the situation, away from the circumstance, and I choose to turn my eyes towards God's holy temple. The waters surround me even to my soul. Deeps have closed around me, weeds wrapped around my head. Sometimes we're hurting inside. Sometimes the pain, whether physical or emotional, is so real, it hits us so hard, down into our soul. We feel crushed, we feel beaten, we feel beaten down. 
feel surrounded, surrounded and closed in. Went down to the moorings of the mountains. We feel like we're just going downhill. Depression is taking on more and more. Hard, finding it hard to find hope. Bars closed in, feeling like it's forever. This will never change. I'll never get through this. I'll never get out of this. I'll never be able to function again. Yet, you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. No matter how much despair, no matter how much pain, no matter how much hurting, no matter how, much, how distressful, no matter how dark it seems, no matter that it seems no solution, it's going to be ever-ending, I'll never see the person again, I'll never bring it back, Never going to get right. Never going to do better. We can choose to trust God. And he will bring our life up from the pit. He will take us out of the pit. He will deliver us from the despair. He is able to raise us up and stand us up. And create a new life moving forward. A new stage moving forward. I remember when, when uh, Tim died, Tim Kenny died, his mother-in-law told Tim's wife, Barbara, things are going to be different. But it's like a new chapter in your life. It's different. It's a new stage. Not the same. Not going to be the same. It'll never be the same. But it's not over. It's just new. It's just different. God is able to bring us up. Bring our life out of the pit. And not, it won't always go back to the way it was. It won't always go back to our normal. But God is able to bring us up out of the pit and move us on with a new life. And when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to him. Don't delay to remember the Lord God. As your soul is fainting within you, remember the Lord God. Look up to him. Look up to his holy temple. Look up to God's throne. Look upon his mercy seat. Look upon his Shekinah glory. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Turn your eyes to him. Look up to him. Behold him. Everything else is worthless, but we can sacrifice to the Lord with our voice the sacrifice of thanksgiving. We can choose to be thankful. That's a great way to get out of depression. We talked about Jonah being in the depths of depression turning to God, praying, and choosing to be thankful. Finding something to be thankful for. It's not easy when we're in the despair, but we can trust in God and God can give us the ability to be thankful for something. 
something every day. And more and more each day, choosing to be thankful. You can be thankful for oxygen. You can be thankful for the sun coming up. You can be thankful for the sun going down. You can be thankful, whatever. There's a lot of things to be thankful for. We can choose to be thankful for. Choose to be thankful. We can return to God, commit our lives, vow ourselves back to God, commit our lives back to him and experience the salvation that comes from the Lord, the deliverance that comes from the Lord, the deliverance that comes as we trust in him. And he works his will here on earth in our lives and in our behalf. Because remember, God loves us. And even though sometimes he lets us go through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any evil because God is with us. He will comfort us and he will take us through. He will lead us into green pastures. And he will walk us through this life and he will walk us right on into heaven where we will be able to appear before his heavenly temple appear before his throne spiritually now and in prayer now and then in reality because salvation comes from the Lord and we will experience a new birth vomited out we will experience a new birth a continual new birth a being born anew every day several times through the day, a new experience in the Lord. I'd like to look at this prayer again one more time. And this time I want to look at it from a different perspective. Instead of writing Jonah there, I'd like to think of Yeshua there and Yeshua's prayer. Yeshua's prayer when he was in Gethsemane. Yeshua's prayer when he was being brought to Calvary. Yeshua's prayer when he was dying for us. Yeshua praying in our behalf. Yeshua said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he was greatly afflicted. As it says in Isaiah chapter 53, he bore our afflictions. And he answered me. Out of the belly of the grave, he cried. When he was in Gethsemane, praying there, his disciples fallen asleep, praying upon the earth, that's when he entered into the belly of the earth. It wasn't at the tomb. That comes later. But when he was in Gethsemane, that's when he entered into the belly of the earth. And his prayer was so intense began to sweat blood. And as the blood dripped into that ground, he entered into the depth of the earth. And he died. He died to this flesh that he took on. He died to the humanity that was encompassing him. And he fully was surrendered to the Lord God. Out of the belly of the earth he cried, 
Not my will, but your will be done. Not my human design, desires, not my earthly desires that I took on, but your will be done. Three times. Three times the waves came over, trying to knock him down, trying to get him to give up. Three times he pressed on. Not my will, but your will be done. And he heard my voice. Father heard his voice and sent an intending angel to strengthen him and to be by his side. No doubt God was wanting to use the disciples for that. Instead, he had to send an angel. You cast me into the depth of the heart of the seas and the floods surround me. All your billows and your waves pass over me. Satan tempting him, you will not come up out of the grave. You will not be able to redeem this earth. I've got you in my hands. You're a goner. She's brought in the rejection and the jeers and the whipping and the pain. The beatings. Being pummeted. The crown of thorns piercing into his skull. Waves passing over him. And as he begins to take on the sins of the world and bearing the weight of the guilt of us all, he bore our grief. The Lord has laid on him the guilt of us all. Isaiah 53. I said, I have been cast out of your sight. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt cast out. Yet into your hands I commend my spirit. By faith he trusted. I looked again into your holy temple. He could not see, but by faith he saw. And the waters surround me even to my soul. The deep clothes around him, weeds wrapped around his head. It says that he was surrounded like lions around him, crying out, If you be the Son of God, come down and we will believe in you. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. After he died, they pierced him, demonstrating he was dead. Blood and, blood and water poured out. They took him and wrapped him and buried him in a tomb and rolled the stone in front of the tomb. Down into the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind him forever. Yet, on the third day, you brought up my life from the pit, out of the pit of the earth, out of the cave. O oh Lord, my God, you have brought me forth. And God literally brought him forth. Rolled away the stone. 
and brought him forth. My, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. I brought him and seated him back at his right hand, highly exalted. Yeshua came down and descended and descended and descended into humanity, descended, descended, took on the sins of this world, descended, died of the accursed thing, being hung on a tree and descended into the lowest parts of the earth, into the grave, with the sins of the world upon him, with no hope of redemption other than God's mercy and God's grace because of the sinless life that he lived and the blood that he shed in our behalf. And he was brought back up to the Father from the depths back up to the throne and exalted and lifted up. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving after he sacrificed with his own life. And now he sings praises to God in the heavenly court, surrounded by myriads and myriads and myriads of angels, singing the praises of God and giving thanks for what he has done in redeeming humanity, defeating the enemy, fighting him on his own turf, and gaining the victory. He has paid what he vowed. He paid it, and God accepted his sacrifice. Because salvation, Yeshua, is of the Lord. Yeshua, our salvation, came down from heaven, came from the Lord, and he is our salvation. His salvation is for us. Thus we can trust in him. Whatever we're going through, whatever we will go through, whatever we have been through, we can trust the Lord because he has already been there and he has already gone through it for us. If he was willing to go through a similar experience as Jonah when Jonah was running away, how much more is he willing to go through our experiences with us? as we trust in him and surrender to him. So really, Jonah's not a whole lot different than us. And Yeshua uses him as an example for us. And so as we pray together, if you feel like you're in the belly of the earth, if you feel like you're shut off from ever, forever, if you feel like God's not hearing your prayers, if you feel like God's not seeing you, if you feel closed in, if waves of despair or waves of depression or waves of guilt are coming over you, I invite you to surrender to God as we pray together. If you feel there's no hope, 
you feel like you've, if you feel like giving up, if you feel like there's no solution, I encourage you to turn your eyes to the heavenly temple. Turn your eyes to God's grace. Turn your eyes to his sacrifice. If there's some sin in your life and you've been avoiding God and running from God and resisting God and resisting his victory, I invite you to surrender to him and surrender all. If you've been trying to be good in your own strength, if you've been trying to follow God and it's, you're finding it difficult because you're trying to do it in your own strength, you're trying to fight against the flesh in your own strength, or if you think you're good, or you think you're smart, or you think you're better than someone else, I invite you to choose to allow your soul to faint within you and to surrender all before the Lord and to die before him and to be encouraged in him and to be lifted up in him and allow God to pick you up and bring you before his throne and present you before him, before himself, as if you never sinned, perfect in his sight, because of what the Messiah has already done for you, and trusting in his forgiveness, in his grace, in his goodness, knowing he hears your voice, knowing he sees your situation, knowing he knows your problem, and he knows your solution. And trust that salvation is of the Lord. And he's got a plan for you. So we pray together. Our Lord and our God, ruler of the universe, I am thankful that you see us where we are. I'm thankful that you hear us. I'm thankful that you know us. And I am thankful that you love us with an everlasting love. I am thankful that you haven't given up on us. I'm thankful that you've brought us to this day, this, this moment. I'm thankful for what you did in Jonah's life. I'm thankful what you're doing in our life. And I'm thankful, Yeshua, what you did for us. We give you all the honor and all the glory and praise. Lord God, work your will in our life. Whatever applies to us tonight, work your will in our life right now. Bring hope, bring your sunshine, bring your cheer, bring your love, bring your power, bring your grace, bring your comfort, bring your deliverance, bring your victory, bring your salvation, bring your redemption, Give us new minds, new hearts, new lives, and move us forward, rebirth us right now, and move us forward in your will. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.